Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome or welcome back to Floor, the official gallery place for newbies, novices, and OG diehard fans of the golden age of prime time. I'm your host, Jet. We're viewing and reviewing the soapiest, sudsiest prime time storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Today is a Falcon Crest type of day. We're going to review Season 3, Episode 13 of this iconic primetime soap. Whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids to play outside or out of sight. Who cares? As long as they're not in your face. Tell babe, questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25 to 35 minutes. That's it. Tell everyone else in earshot. Oh my gosh. Have no time to deal with you today. You can be cool, you can be quiet, or you will be kicked out. We're listening to our stories. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lore. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to another fun full edition of Soap Lore. We are about halfway through season three for all three of our iconic soaps Dynasty, Dallas, and Falcon Crest. I'm so excited to jump into last week's winter Falcon Crest to see how things pan out. When last we left, Angela, of course, was presented with papers. She was kicked out by the sheriff. Baby, she can't go into the wine house because Chase decided, mm, you know what? I was never 100% comfortable with the fact that you blew up my dad's body. Even if he was dead, it still I still feel away. It It sings to the power of being able to change your mind. Take notice, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what the, the title of today's show is, but I hope you're doing well. We're going to jump right into it. I'm drinking regular degular water because guess what? The heat index today hit 113 again. I don't know what El Nino is doing, but it's not doing its best job. It's not living its best life. I'm just, I'm amazed that human beings can survive this sort of heat. It's crazy. Luckily, we were blessed enough to have the, uh, Air conditioner guy stopped by. He topped off the AC with Freon. And thank God I was born in the 80s because I don't know if I could have dealt with it any sooner than that. Anyway, regular degular water to hydrate. I did squeeze a little bit of lemon. I read somewhere that limes are actually much more beneficial. And then when it's so hot, you need to actually drink. Um, you need to eat fruit. So going on road trips as a kid, my dad would always chop up like watermelon or cantaloupe or something to that effect for summer and we would just snack on grapes and I thought it was because he was really efficient on time my dad's one of those people who's 15 minutes early always without any effort I'm one of those people I can try my best I can watch cookies bake in the oven I'm gonna burn them if I need to be fully fully on time it's like I need to wake up three hours before I don't know what that's about I don't mean to do it but that's what happens either way I read somewhere too that fruit is just much more beneficial. You're gonna your cells are gonna absorb it and actually take it in and do make sure it does what it needs to do. I thought when you peed, if this is TMI, just fast forward like 20 seconds. I thought when you peed and it was clear that meant that you were fully hydrated. Actually, all it means is that the water just went right through you. So do you have a little fruit? I did buy a papaya girl, ladies and gentlemen. I you know. We're going to do this. I don't care. You can fast forward if you don't like it. I try to support my community in every way that I can. I believe if a dollar circulated in my community is more beneficial than me sending it out somewhere else. So there's this lady who comes into town and she brings fruit, vegetables, 
all the things. She has zucchini. She has habanero jam, jams and jelly. Excuse me. She has lemon jelly. She has all the things. So I'm like, I want to support this lady. Well, I go the other day and I'm looking around at the fruit and I'm like, where the hell did she get papaya? I know where we live. You definitely didn't grow that locally. But I think she just goes to the local grocer and then puts it in a cute basket and pretends like she bought it. Like, like she grew it. I'm so pissed because quite frankly, I bought some okra that was not ready. It is what it is. I'm not much of a farmer. It is what it is. You didn't come to hear me wax poetic about vegetables. Let's see what Falcon Crest Season 3, Episode 13 is all about. The synopsis is as follows. Let's see. There's just a picture of Richard. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Go back to, there's an episode called, it's the 100th episode. There's an episode called What I Learned from the 80s Primetime. So listen to those. You'll get the gist and then come back to this one. Season three, episode 13 is called No Trespassing and the synopsis is as follows. Angela fights to retain control of Falconcrest. The battle over Richard's proposed racetrack goes to the polls and Lance threatens dot, dot, dot. They've been bringing the heat the last three episodes. I have nothing but good intentions and nothing but high hopes for this one. Season three, episode 13, No Trespassing of Falconcrest. My, oh my, there really is a fool born any second, every second. And Michael, a.k.a. Dr. Cousins, happens to be one of those. Maggie and Chase are minding their own business, enjoying an evening out together, when in walks Aunt Terry and Cousin Michael. Arm in arm, I'm like, this fool just doesn't get it. They, being Chase and Maggie, thought that she was on the first thing smoking back to New York. No, she went over to Dr. Cousins' house, found herself a place to hole up, and he's smiling ear to ear, thinking this girl is in him. He's absolutely a teetotal fool. Meanwhile, Richard is going through his emotionally stunted revenge plan. Miss Lynch tries to put him up on game like, hey, this racetrack isn't a great idea. Here's, here's the tea with that. The racetrack is actually supposed to go before the, the citizens of Tuscany Valley. They're going to vote and decide whether or not they want this to happen. And Richard is pumped because he feels like this is a good thing. But Miss Lynch, his secretary, knew Diana is like, listen, if you continue to do these sort of things, all you're doing is painting a bigger and bigger, a much, much, much larger target on your back for the cartel. They're going to come after you. Why don't you just chill? Let this breathe for a moment before you do anything irrational. He's not trying to hear that. He starts barking. He's in his little boy. He's absolutely a very sensitive man with a wafer-thin sense of confidence. So she 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 gets exasperated. She's like, Richard, do not do this. This is a terrible trash, very bad, no good idea. You don't want any part of this. He doesn't believe that. He pulls the trigger anyway. All right. In the first very, very bold move of this episode... Chase decides he needs a search warrant for Falconcrest. So he comes over with the sheriff. He has a search warrant present. And he demands that she folds over all the information returning to Falconcrest. His thoughts are this. He's like, if I can, she's already got this injunction against her. She can't really come in the wine house. She can't participate in any of the day-to-day business. If I can find something a little more salacious about her, then it's a wrap for Angela Channing. 
So he brings in the sheriff. Now, he's not going to find anything because unbeknownst to him, all the paperwork is downtown at the accountant's office and Lance is breaking into every drawer and then he's setting things on fire. Dun, dun, dun. About 12 to 13 minutes in, folks. I don't think I mentioned this a second ago, but when Lance burned down the accountant's office, he actually stole a disc, a floppy disc, guys. Like the big four inch, four by four inch floppy disc. He stole those and God, technology has really moved at the speed of light because they're on the show thinking, oh my God, it's going to take six months for us to salvage what he lost. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be on the hard drive? I, I don't, listen, I'm not, I'm not like an IT person, but I would think if you have copied something onto a floppy disk, that it's probably within the computer's hardware, right? If not, holler at your girl, soapfloorpodcast at gmail.com. It is what it is, but... Chase is super pissed. He doesn't understand why they can't just figure out everything right away. But I'm impressed that they're bringing technology into this. This is 1983. On the other shows, mind you, I think Dallas is still in 78, 79. But Dynasty definitely seems to be in 83. They're not talking about tech at all. It only makes sense. And it's just, it's kind of sad because some of these stories, they just don't, they didn't hold up against the, the, they didn't stand the test of time. It's not that they're bad, but my thoughts is if there's not um, a digital trail, there's definitely a paper trail, but maybe Lance burned everything up. We'll have to sit back and see. Angela's still big mad. She refuses to give Chase even an inch of power. Not on her perm rod watch. All right, y'all, we're about halfway through. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit bored. I'm just kind of tired from the day. 113 drinks a lot out of you. But what happened was the whole paternity suit has not disappeared. Melissa meets with Chase, knowing that he's now the, the head of the family, per se. And she's like, listen, tell Cole to drop this whole paternity suit, and I will give you all the grapes you need from my, my father's harvest. It is what it is. But Chase is like, I can't do that. Like, as much as I'd love to jump in, Melissa, that's my baby's business. That's my son's business. She ain't really trying to hear that. So, Lance has burned down all the information that would be pertaining to Falcon Crest. Next move is for Chase to handle Richard. Now, Richard has come by. Chase has expressed his disdain for the racetrack. Richard's like, you need to get on board with this. So Chase pulls ring. He's like, remember, my mama said that if I don't think you're my friend by the end of this time period, we both lose out on $25 million a piece. Richard seems in phase. Richard is focused solely on the destruction of Chase and Angela. It's pathetic. So pathetic, in fact, that there's a, you know, now that it has to go to the vote, it has to go to the public. Chase decides to get on the campaign trail and he starts going on radio talk shows, answering questions from callers. So Richard sneaks behind his back and he has one of his minions call in and basically troll Chase about the, the new position. Like, well, why would you do that? It seems like you're you're afraid to lose money. So it seems like this is the only reason you're doing it. It's weird. It's kind of pathetic. But ultimately, it's a bold move. Richard knows how to ruffle feathers and Chase's feathers are just that. Even if he is in his aviators and his deep, deep, deep 
deep four to five button v-neck. Despite Richard's boldness, Miss Lynch is still trying to convince him, listen, the cartel is not somebody you want to mess with. You need to back back. You need to let this play out a different way. Building a racetrack is horrible, terrible, awful, very bad news. He's not trying to hear it. Richard's like, you know what? I'm so sick of people having their foot on my neck. I'm just going to do what I need to do and let the chips fall where they may. Now, Chase is kind of resolved at this point. He feels like Richard's going to win this election. It's going to bring in all the new jobs at the racetrack, that is. And it's kind of hard to compete with that, but he plans to contest the results as soon as they're sent in anyway. Angie, on the other hand, is not really having that. She feels like they need to do something in the meantime, in between time, which is cough up $500,000. She knows that he's good for it. She knows that Chase is good for it at this point because his mom left him all that money. Maggie is doing some random story on the mom, which I don't really care about. I hope it plays out later, but right now I don't really care about that. The task at hand is making sure that Richard and this racetrack never become a real thing. I do want to say though, that Angela has her war garb on. Whenever she's on the show, this is just the power of observation. Whenever she's in red, especially that red high neck and then polka dots, she's ready for war. And I'm thinking, wonder why that's her, that's her, you know, her garb. Why is that her, her shield, her armor, her thing? When she's in white, I feel like every woman in white on a soap opera is meant to give off an innocent vibe. And I notice in the scenes where she's not going really hard, she's in lighter colors. When she comes for blood, when she's going for your neck, you better believe perm rods are rolled extra tight that night. She's not fluffing out a damn thing. And she's got on a red and white polka dot shirt to come for your neck. I think there's about 10 minutes left. And I will say this episode isn't picking up like it was. But you know what? That's par for the course. When you have as many episodes as these iconic soaps, you're going to have a few duds. This one isn't so much a dud, but I can tell that they are setting the stage for new drama later. Well, the rest of the episode plays out as expected. The election happens. Chase and Maggie decide to throw some party at their house. Not necessarily a celebratory party. What they're actually doing is announcing that they're going to start making champagne. Now, I don't know enough about producing spirits and whatnot. So I, I guess that's a big deal. If you make wine, you don't make champagne. Earlier within the episode, his son Cole made the comment that he wanted to make sparkling wine. I It didn't click for me that sparkling wine meant champagne. Anyway, Maggie and Chase decide they're going to color coordinate like a good couple and they're going to wait all white. They're going to look like uh, Colonel Sanders, at least Chase does, except he's the aviator Colonel Sanders. And they're having a great time at the party. Everyone who's invited shows up. They make the announcement about the champagne and everybody's super, super excited. Now, my girl Emma does suffer a bit of embarrassment when she sees a moment where Dr. Michael Cousin is by himself and she wants to bring him over a little drinky drink. So she grabs two glasses from the, the waiter, heads over to him when Terry pops up. She's like, dang. So she just kind of pivots on her heel goes to sit down. Maggie sees her. They toast and Emma basically says she's going to be patient. She's going to patiently wait for a track to explode on. Eventually, Michael is going to see her for the catch that she is. 
So it's the end of the party. Everybody's having a great time. In walks Angie, Philip, and Lance. Angie's in all black. So was Philip. They came to crash the party, baby. Not only do they crash the party, they were totally not invited. But they tell Chase that not only is this party ridiculous, it's embarrassing because guess what? Richard won the election by a landslide, according to them. Well, Chase, he didn't get dressed in all white for no reason. He's like, eh, kind of figured that might be a possibility, so I'll handle it how I handle it. Would you please kindly get off my property? Angie ain't trying to hear that. So he's like, you know what, Angie, I'm so sick of you thinking you run everything. You don't run me. You don't run yourself. You don't run nothing anymore. Why are you popping up in my house? She's like, because I'm going to run Falcon Crest into the ground. You think I'll run anything? I'm going to make you tuck your entire summer in, Chase. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to make you beg me to take this hellhole back. Good luck, chump. End scene. Pretty good slow burn. All we know is that Terry is fully attached to Dr. Michaels because she didn't go back to New York. Emma still has a flame burning for Dr. Michaels. Angie is big mad that she's not running Falcon Crest. Lance seems to be back on Angie's side. Melissa is, is being bold as usual, but we'll talk about that on the results episode. And Chase and Maggie are unbothered by the fact that, you know what, Richard may or may not have won this racetrack situation. It is what it is. And finally, Mrs. Lynch, or Miss Lynch, who's a new Diana, is still warning Richard to backpack. You do not want to grow up against a cartel, but he's not listening. Mm. Bubbly, and if not, not for nothing, is setting up for an excellent next few episodes all right guys that's it for falcon crest thank you so much for joining me join me again on thursday where we'll review either dallas or dynasty i haven't made up my mind but in the meantime in between time go to yourself stay hydrated stay moisturized mind your own business and keep all of your drama on tv